Okay, so I am doing the uh, Berkman test right now. It is 11.26. I'm like, I'm gonna do this and go to bed. I realize I have my mouth guard in. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm Kimberly. I'm Raina. And we're each other's hype women, and we're obsessed with each other's aspirations, boardrooms, and goals. Join us as we talk about our experiences of unfucking up our lives, Asian identities, careers, and just life in general. We can be your hype women as well. Welcome to Obsessed with ABGs, Aspirations, Boardrooms, and Goals. Hey, Raina. Hey, Kim. Guess what I'm holding? I don't know if the audience can hear it, but guess what I'm holding in my it's a hand? Bunch of paper. It's, a bunch it's of more. Paper. It's more than just a paper because last week, Raina, we have gotten really deep into the BuzzFeed tests because you know how accurate they were. Oh, uh, I took another I, one today. This this like crack during COVID. Those those BuzzFeed tests. Which one did you yeah. do today? <laughs> today was um. How is your IQ level? <laughs> and it was like analytical things where I had to like. Um, read questions like Debbie is in front of Kim, but Kim is not the last one in line. Then Peter comes in and then Sally comes in. Who's the last one in line? And I literally got like a notepad out and was like starting to like write people's names out. Are you serious? Yes, I did this. But those BuzzFeed tests are so addictive. And I know last week for all the listeners who have not listened to last week's episode, we did the uh, multiple personality test, one being the 16 personality test that you can find online for free. And then we did the, um, the oh my God, what was the second one called? The Enneagram. Enneagram test. That's right. Um, so if you want to hear our results, but we got so into it and Raina is a fantastic life coach. She actually does this for a living, like professionally. No, like BuzzFeed can go fuck themselves. Um, <laughs> no, we love you, BuzzFeed. <laughs> sponsor, sponsor us if you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you are a legit life coach and you have a legit test um that people could get as you know signing up to be um one of your clients or to get life coaching from you so on a whim i was like well i want to do this test and i believe it's called the berkman signature test yeah it's the berkman method um and yes like kim said i am certified in this berkman method as a berkman consultant basically how it works is that like someone like kim would come to me and say i would like to do a berkman assessment so then i send them a link um, that's like generated through my business. And then uh, Kim or whoever gets the link does the test. And then um, I sit down with the client to go through the entire report. Um, usually it takes about 90 minutes um, to go through the entire report. Because like, of course, the report is yours, but it kind of doesn't really make sense or that much sense until you actually get a Berkman consultant to actually debrief it with you. Which is super helpful. So I'm holding my report in my hands. And quite honestly, it, it would be helpful. We're, this is going unscripted right now. We did not talk about my results. Well, in some in some ways, I sent you a recording of me reacting to it, but I don't really understand it 100%. So we're like, okay, well, why don't we do this episode on me, Kimberly, getting coached by Raina. Um, and, you know, for everyone who is thinking about coaching or investing this time in coaching, uh, this might be a great sense for you to see what it's like. Uh, without yeah. shelling out the dollars right out front. Yeah, exactly. It's a really great career um, test. 
it's a work personality test is what they call it. So a lot of Fortune 500 companies do it. Um, and it's not like um, DISC, for example, where some companies will require candidates to do it at the beginning of being employed so that they kind of see and know what kind of person you are. But this kind of test is more so done like way into your job and for you to like work better with your team, work better with your manager or for a manager to understand what their team is like, like what the team dynamic is kind of like. Um, And it's also done at a lot of MBA schools in the world. So that's why I'm certified um, because I work for an MBA school and this is my second MBA school to work at and at both schools we do the Berkman and basically at any other MBA school. Look so, what you guys are getting. Look at that. Sir, MBA quality right here on this mm-hmm. podcast. Right. For free. We are not even getting sponsored by this. To be Okay. Full fact. We are not even getting sponsored by Berkman. This is not. No. Yeah. Like we are doing this out of uh, our own pockets. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like it's not free to do the test and it's not free to. Um, get the coaching. But, you know, of course, Kim and I are in this business together. So we're footing the bill here. Um, But yeah, do you so how curious are you, Kim? I'm so curious because there is so in the Berkman test when we'll get through it, there's a there is what's different is there's a, a needs component and what you need. And I a lot of you said that. Yeah, there's a lot of these tests that again, I haven't paid for other tests, but like they don't really break down what you personally you kind of have to make that inference where here they qualify they quantify on on a scale from like one to 100 i believe or like one to 99 uh what your needs are so i'm so curious for you to go through that with me and also uh for those before we begin if you are interested in following my assessment i'm going to put this online again for you to judge me all you want but you could follow along uh because it's a podcast and there's you know obviously you don't have the the paperwork in front of you. But if you are truly fascinated, you can visit us on our website. Uh, we'll post the links all online um, because obviously you're not, none of this is going to retain to you. So you just go to the episode notes. It'll be all there for you. Exactly. And and I do want to point out that, you know, there's no need to judge Kim. There's no good or oh, bad. Judge score. me all you want. <laughs> <laughs> I judge, I'm judging me. <laughs> So the one thing to note about the Berkman is that there's no good or bad. Yes, there are numbers from like 1 to 99, but there's no good or bad. There's no right or wrong. But, Mm. you know, my husband being uh, an Asian Canadian, he's like, no, there's got to be a good or bad. I need to score 100% in everything I do in life. Tell me what are the secrets. I'm like, no, there are no secrets to the Berkman. Like you can't prepare for it. It's just like a reflection of you. And he's like, no, but seriously, tell me the truth. There's got to be a good score and a bad score, right? I'm like, no, there isn't. But also, like, okay, just playing devil's advocate, like, even scoring 100 may not be the result that you wanted. Like, scoring high doesn't necessarily mean that's great. Oh, yeah, exactly. It totally depends on how you want to see yourself and how you want others to see you. So shall we get started? Oh, my God. Okay, guys, are you ready? Are you ready for me to get broken, broken apart? Wait, wait, side note. Will I cry? No, you won't cry. Okay, okay. No. <laughs> I mean, you could. No judgment. Okay. Okay, so um, to, before we get into your report, I want to tell you and our listeners a little bit about the Berkman. So um, first things first, the Berkman, you can compare it to a lot of things like MBTI, DISC, 
um, Strengths Finder by Cliff Clifton, I think. Um, but the Bergman method is the only assessment that measures underlying needs. That's what makes it so different from the other reports. So thank you for saying that earlier. It's like you already know this. <laughs> and in one Bergman assessment, it can have both your behavioral and occupational data. So in my coaching with Kim, um, we will go through kind of like her behavioral aspects, but we'll also talk about her career, which is quite rare. Like when you do your MBTI or 16 personalities, um, they don't actually give you, I mean, from what I know, like a full career assessment. So that's also another reason why Berkman is really good. And lastly, the Berkman looks at your personality and perceptions in a social context. So a lot of the explanations will be about you as an individual, but also you in a big group, like in a social context. Mm. So those are some things that make the Berkman different from other personality tests. Um, and so the underlying needs, this is a really, really big one. So this basically means what's the kind of environment that you need for yourself to thrive in and what do they need from other people? And so when your needs are met, that means that they're more fulfilled and engaged and productive and more positive. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, that's the really big one. And um, some common uses for the Berkman, like I was saying, it's used in a lot of companies and MBA schools. So it's for like leadership, team building, um, talent selection. Um, and the huge one, I think, is for career exploration because it actually tells you um, your interests. I mean, likely you already know, but it like really confirms like you're really good or like you really are interested in the arts. Mm. And then you're like, yeah, you're right. I am. Because... Sometimes, especially I think in Asian cultures, some people are like pushed into a career or like even like a university major and then a career by their parents, mm -hmm. right? So let's take like a typical like an engineering or an engineer. If you ask them like, how did you get into engineering? Some people might say, oh, my parents really wanted me to study engineering right. and now I'm an engineer. But if you ask them what your their interests are, they could be like, oh, my God, I love stand-up comedy and, like, I love the arts and, like, that's where my true interests are. Um, but do I want to do engineering in my free time? Not really. Right. Okay. Okay. So that was a very quick overview of the Berkman. And um, just FYI, you know, if I were to do a full-on session with you, Kim, it would take us at least an hour and a half, but we don't want a 90-minute episode. <laughs> so this is going to be like a summarized version. Okay. Um, so for our uh, listeners, um, you know, don't worry. It usually is a lot longer, but, you know, we will kind of give a really good helicopter overview. What you mean people don't want to listen 90 minutes on my life? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Are they not obsessed with my AVGs? <laughs> okay, so Kim, um, before we get started with the Berkman, um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do um, as for your career and like how you like it and yeah, how you are feeling in it right now, things like that. Okay, so I'm a podcast producer and I run their operations at our network. Um, and I love my job I, I in terms of like being part of making creative work, uh, working with creative people. I love that component. Um, 
And one of the other th- sides of things that I do in operations is, you know, you do look at the management side of things. You do look at, you know, sometimes the financials. You kind of look at the daily operations of what people need or what their network needs. I work with creators um, and I also make sure that our operations is running success- successfully. Awesome. So at the heart of the Berkman is um, what we call a Berkman map. And it's a square and it's in four quadrants. So at the top left is red. Top right is green, bottom right is blue, and bottom left is orange. And this kind of splits into if you are a doer, a communicator, a thinker, or an analyzer. So I'm kind of going from like left to right to down. So Kim, with your report, um, let's talk about your usual behavior first. So this is the diamond. Where is this on your Berkman map. So it's it's in the green, heavily towards the people side of things. Okay, yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that. So basically, the usual behavior means that this is how you show up in kind of like your environment. This is your most comfortable self. No one needs to like pressure you or push you into being here. This is like, you know, you feeling good on a really good day. And this is where you are. So what that means is that you are more of an extrovert that's people-oriented. So you're usually flexible, sociable, responsive, and maybe a little bit competitive. Oh, I'm 100% competitive. But Yeah? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty competitive. <laughs> I will lean into and, that. And how do you feel about being flexible and sociable and responsive? Yeah. What you, so by responsive, like responsive to others' needs or other like comments, like responsive, like I... You call me and I'll respond. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not the type to ghost people. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I've noticed too in the diamond, uh, which is the my usual behavior. It, mm-hmm. it floats very close to blue as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what this means is that the closer you are to the middle of the Bergman map, means that you can sort of be a chameleon and kind of go into any quadrant you can sort of like be whichever one but the further out you are means that you're more on the extreme side of it okay i'm definitely on the extreme side (laughs) yeah so you are extremely people oriented and you're not extremely extroverted you're kind of more on the introverted side but still an extroverted side Mm, okay so in comparison for me my usual behavior is extreme in the red quadrant I'm an extreme, extreme extroverted, task-oriented person. Oh, my God. You're in the red. So we're in the yeah. complete opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the red usual behavior means that I'm um, more prone to being practical, active, decisive, and candid. That's my usual behavior. Oh, that's so, so again, like, I don't need to be, like, pressured into doing these things. This is a kind of, like, my natural habitat, natural state. And the other thing to note is that your usual behavior is what people can see. So the people around you can see that this is how you are. So, you know, if a stranger came and talked to you, you are probably going to be really responsive and sociable and flexible. And these are all the things that they're probably going to see about you. Right. Yeah. So basically, this is like your most comfortable self, right? Cool. So you can have you can have your needs being so different from like the other sorry, the usual behavior so different from your other stuff in the report. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, you can. But you know what? You actually bring up a really good point because your usual behavior is how you act when your needs are being consistently met. Ooh, okay. 
So that brings me to my next point. Kim, where are your needs in the quadrant? Okay, so it's a circle indicator on the quadrant. So if people are following along, um, that part is in the blue quadrant. Yeah. So you are more people-oriented and introverted, right? Yes. Okay. So this means that you your needs that are that you need more opportunities to express your feelings, you need time for reflection, and you need respect. Oh, okay. This is more in like the thinker quadrant. Yeah, okay. So that yeah. thinker quadrant is is quite so the blue quadrant is very different from the the green quadrant. Yeah, the green is a communicator. So this is your usual behavior. You are a communicator as a natural self. Right. And your needs are that you're actually a thinker. Um, and so you love innovation. You love being creative. Um, you like planning. All of these things. That is very accurate. Yeah. So these are things um, that people cannot see. These are your internal needs. Okay. I could see that because when people find out I'm... Um I need time to myself and and decompress. They're actually like quite shocked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, where are you? Where are your needs? I'm so curious now. I know oh, yeah, my yeah, assessment, yeah. but I'm so curious. Um, so my needs are also in the red. <laughs> so my usual behavior and my needs and my stress behavior are all in the red. That just sounds healthy to me because you're consistent. <laughs> Does that mean I'm well, unhealthy? Like I'm just... No, not at oh, all. Okay, okay. No, so basically because you're... For both of them, you're on the people side. You're more people-oriented. Right. But for me, I'm more task-oriented than people-oriented. <laughs> so my needs are I need direct authority. I need an outlet for energy. And I need clear-cut situations. I don't like ambiguity. I need people to be like, this is what it is, like blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then for myself, if just to understand it all. I need time to myself and think and be in the thinking quadrant in order for me to highly perform as my usual behavior in the communication quadrant. Exactly. Gotcha. So if your needs are consistently met, you're always going to be in your usual behavior. This is like your strength. This is how you um, relate to the world around you. This is the behavior that other people see. This brings us to our stress behavior. So the reason... So, okay, tell me where your stress behavior is, actually. The exact same place that's in for my needs. Yeah. So your needs and stress behaviors are always going to overlap. Ah, okay. Because your stress behaviors only appear when your needs are not met. So for you, your stress behavior, um, you know, being overlapped with your needs means that if your needs of opportunities to express your feelings you know, your need for time for reflection and your need for respect. If these things are violated, like consistently, and consistently, that's the key word here. If this happens like once in a blue moon, you're probably going to be fine. But if this kept happening day after day or like week after week, that's when your stress behaviors will show up. Mm. And in here, your stress behaviors could be that you could find it hard to take action. That's so true. You could feel discouraged. And you could actually become indecisive. So true. Tell me more about that. Why do you think it's true? That's so true. Because when things are super stressful or when I feel disrespected, I'm like, I'm out. I don't care. Fuck it. <laughs> I do know that about you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah I've said it to your face. I'm like, you know what? You know, if, if people don't fucking care, then why the fuck should I care? Oh, wow. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> it's, it's there. I'm feeling yeah. that. It's so true. Yeah. Or when like things um, professionally 
don't and I'm talking about my, my job, but just in general, right? Like just as, as I've always been, even in school, when I feel overwhelmed or when people are just around me all the time, I withdraw a lot. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. I went camping. I remember we went we went camping and we were like three days out in the wilderness. And it was just too, it was like, I was, because I felt just on all the time. By the time Sunday came around and we had to came, come back, I was so done. I couldn't talk to people for like a week. Mm. Yeah, but if you yeah. if you saw me during the camping trip, you'd been like, "Oh, she's perfectly fine." So here's the thing: when your usual behavior and the needs and stress behavior are not so close together, that's when there can be misunderstanding. Because, like you said yourself, you appear to be like a social butterfly and that you show up well in groups, but actually, your needs are that you need a lot of time for yourself. You need time to recharge. You need time to be, um, to like have respect and be patient and all of that. So like you said, people are sometimes surprised when they find out that this is your need. Yeah. Actually, when I'm with my husband, he's like, do you want to go, do you want to go to such and such's place? Or do you want to hang out with such and such? Should I call such and such, you know, when we first started dating? And I'm like, no, I'm good. We've, we've hung out with enough people. I'm, I, I just don't want to see anyone right now. I just want my fat pants and some Hagen Dawes. And that's it. And he's like so shocked. He's like, you are so odd because once you're in the presence of people, that does not reflect. Whereas he, he only has a cap. He loves to be sociable, but he consistently, it's like if he's with people for too long, it visibly shows. Whereas I become energized. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So you become energized, but you still need time to recharge your batteries. Oh, yeah. Right. By the time I'm home, I'm like, that took so much out of me. I'm done for a whole week. Mm, so the more okay. I give out, the longer I retreat. Yeah. Okay. So again, like your stress behavior, <laughs> I'm going to give you some more phrases. Um, if your needs are consistently not met, these are the other things that could happen to you. Okay. Crash and burn. <laughs> doom and gloom. Feel disrespected. You could become melodramatic or pessimistic. I'm always melodramatic. That's just me consistently. <laughs> um, you could become whiny, hypersensitive. I agree with all of that. <laughs> but that just means now, now that I'm just like, well, I'm always like that. So does that mean my needs are not met? Well, it is COVID right now. Okay, okay. It is a very hard time. So yeah, now we've talked about your social behavior, your needs, and your stress behavior. So in order for you to satisfy your need, you need to um, spend time with people who actually um, offer you like reassurance. You should build relationships with people who give you suggestions rather than like, you have to do this. Can I share a funny story with you too? Yes. So we went to the reference library just to pick up a book. Uh, and as I was waiting, because I went with my husband, I was waiting for him and I was just sitting in one of the chairs. And because of COVID, they had moved the chairs, one chair per table, but I just picked a table that so happened to have two chairs. And the security guard had told me, like, sorry, ma'am, you can't move any of the chairs. They're stuck for a reason. Like, I didn't move this chair. Like, I found it like this. So what's your problem? I don't know why I got so combative. Like this person just told me, you know, like you shouldn't be sitting here. And I'm like, that's not my problem. This chair is not like whatever. So I just got up and left and left the chair there. Like they had almost <laughs> asked me to like move the chair back. I'm like, I turned around and my husband's like, are you just going to leave the chair? There? I'm like, I told you I didn't move the chair. And keep in mind, I'm in a library. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't move that chair and I don't know where it came from. So bye, Felicia. 
one. <laughs> Matt goes and moves the chair to like a, a desk. All I had to do was turn around. And had I just turned around, I would have seen there was a desk with no chair. Matt just literally put it there. And he turned to me. He's like, last night I told you you had a problem when people tell you what to do. Right now, you are proving that point. I'm like, you know what? I don't need to prove anything. <laughs> I waited outside. So that, this literally happened like 24 hours ago. Oh, my God. I feel so attacked oh. right now. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, the Berkman doesn't lie. So, yeah, that's like a real like real life example right there. <laughs> well, that security guard was not meeting my needs. So whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, when, again, like when your needs are not met, this is when your stress behavior comes out where you can, you know, ignore, oh, there's another one. You can start to ignore social convention. Is that what happened in the library, Kim? Usually I would never talk back to like authority. Mm, Um, so they just picked, I just didn't like how they, how they phrased that to me. It's like, you, you can't change, you can't move that there. And I was like, well, you broke the social contract by assuming Oh, I see what you mean now. Okay. I took that as I didn't do anything wrong, but you are stating that I did. So mm-hmm. by by that already, our social contract is out the window. So I am now at liberty to also throw the social contract out the window. Yeah. So in a way, this probably wouldn't have happened if you didn't have, if your needs were consistently met. Right. So maybe you were having a particularly stressful day. That is true. Oh, you know, like if that's not really like your usual self, right. maybe there was something that like had happened. And so, yeah, this is the kind of like stress behavior that could show up when your needs are not met. Okay. Now yeah. I'm just like looking back in my week now. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I'm sorry so, to the security guard, by the way. <laughs> if he's listening. <laughs> I'm really sorry. So... Yeah, so the Berkman, because of these needs and stress behaviors, it's actually, again, like a really good helicopter view of how you are um, kind of like wired and how other people see you. And this is what could happen when your needs are not met. Therefore, what should you do about it proactively? Like it kind of gives you like a tool to think about it from like this overview. So another good thing is that now that you know that you are a lot more in the green and the blue on the extreme side, that just means that this is how you see the world. Like you see the world with like these like green or blue glasses. It doesn't mean that you can't be any of the other three. It's just that it takes you more effort and more energy to have to be able to think from those angles. Okay, so now this brings us to our... Um, very fun part of the Berkman, which is the interests. And I've been dying to talk to you about this, Kim, because our interests are so similar. Well, okay, so before we get into that, um, tell me, Kim, where do you see your interests on the Berkman map? It's very close to my needs. It's also the introverted people blue. Okay, yeah. So that's a good thing that it's like really close to your needs. Um, So your interests um, in the blue, that means that you enjoy visual appeal of designs it's true. You like um, involvement of music, using words or stories to communicate. <laughs> I hope so. I'm a podcast producer. <laughs> <laughs> How does that resonate with you? That's very accurate. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. These are basically like things like you like to do, right? Yeah. Innovating, generating ideas, planning. Yeah. 
yeah, that touches base on I I don't disagree with any of that. Okay, yeah. And so for you, it's actually a really good thing that your blue interests or your interests and your needs are pretty um, close to one another, because that's also means that like, those are your needs. Right. Okay. So my interests and my needs are like, I don't have to go far out, out of my depth. Exactly. Got that's it. exactly it. Yeah. Okay. So you can be far out of your depth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Ah. So for me, remember how I'm usual behavior and needs and stress behavior in the red quadrant? Right. I'm all the way bottom right in the blue. (laughs) So I'm a clear example of a person whose interests are on the opposite end of how I show up. Yeah. Oh, okay. So your interests sway. So, okay, in that sense, you're... If we just put in context what we said before, you're, um, in order to do your interests, you have to go outside of your needs and usual behavior. Yeah. So this is an interesting one because um, on the outside, I like probably seem like a very like outgoing social person. I probably like to like um, build things and do very like task oriented extroverted things. Mm. But my interests are actually, you know, the same as you, where I actually like to innovate and do design and things like that. So there's a little bit of like this, I don't want to call it like a disconnect, but there's definitely like um, like an unexpected part. Oh, you're so multifaceted, Reina. <laughs> I don't know if that's what it means, but yeah, sure. You're so complex. You're not, you know, I can't be in one box. Fuck the box. <laughs> okay so let's talk about um your interests more in detail okay so for those following along we're on page 13 right yes yeah okay so tell me all the interests that are above 90 percent above 90 yeah i only have two literary and musical literary i got 95 percent and in the musical card component i got 90 percent okay and how do these show up in your life right now? Well, I'm not a music. I'm tone deaf. So I was really shocked to see music. Like, I love music. I did college radio. Um, I've said that before. And there's a lot of musicalities used in podcasting. And I do love looking for, like, interesting sounds. And I think I do do a great job finding the right sounds for certain things. But mm-hmm. I don't consider myself a musical person. So I'm very shocked. Right. right. Okay. So the good thing or the thing to note here is that Um, Your interests are not necessarily skills. These are purely your interests. So you could love to sing, but maybe, okay, like you said, you said you're tone deaf. So you could like love singing, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be good at it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, And so anything in your Bergman interests that are 75% and higher, that means that you have a very high interest in these things. Okay. Or in other words, this is where you get energy from. These are the things that you would love to do as a default. Like you don't you don't need to kind of like exert extra effort to do these things. Okay, so just to break it down for the audience, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten yes. uh, breakdowns of the interests. I'm can I read them really quickly just so people have an overview? Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. So literary, musical, persuasiveness, artistic, social service, technical, scientific, administrative numerical and outdoor and to give people context i got the outdoor dead last at 11 <laughs> percent 
So that, what's that saying about me? Maybe COVID is not a bad idea for me right now. <laughs> um, but I guess for over 75%, I will agree that those are my interests. So after the musical and literary, it's persuasive at 84 and mm-hmm. artistic at 82. Everything mm-hmm. else that I'd mentioned before is under 75 Okay, yeah. And so the other thing about musical is um, you do love to listen to music. I do. I really do. I mean, if I set the magical letters of B and T and S, like this episode would turn into a completely different one. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to do the fan chant right now. It's expecting <laughs> all of me not to do it. Right? See? So musical, I think, is showing up in your life because you do listen to a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So for some clients where, um, you know, they do this and they also get like a 90 percent in musical, but they're so surprised because they're like, I don't have anything musical in my life. And I ask them, well, you know, when was the last time that you had fun with music, for example? They might tell me like, oh, my God, when I was little, I used to love musicals. I listened to musical tunes all the time. I totally mm-hmm. forgot that I used to love that. And brought me joy. Yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, but, you know, I'm an accountant. I'm not going to like star in musicals. I'm not going to become an actor. And I'm like, no, I'm not telling you to become an actor. I'm not trying to tell you to get on Broadway. But what if when you were doing boring accountant work, you put on some like Broadway show tunes on in the background? Like <gasps> So smart. Right? Like, how would that make you feel? And he was like, oh, my God, I'm going to try that tomorrow. That's so funny because to me, I always assume people played music in the background all day, every day. But I guess not. So, yeah. So that's also my assumption, too, because my musical is at an 80 percent. I love doing that. Um, But, you know, someone like my husband, Joe, I don't remember what his percentage was. um, He doesn't need music that much. He likes music, Mm -hmm. but he would rather have like Netflix playing in the background as like background noise, not music. Oh, okay, That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Okay, so like I was saying, anything above 75% means that you have a high interest in it. Um, So anything in the middle, you're kind of like, meh, I can do it or leave it or whatever. There's really nothing in the middle. It goes 80 and up and then afterwards, 59 below. (laughs) (laughs) My interests are very clear cut. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so tell me about things that are under 50. Under 50. That's the majority yeah. of them. It's the remaining. It's technical at 45, um, scientific at 44, administrative at 42%, numerical at 35, and again, outdoors dead last at 11%. Right. Okay. So again, like this doesn't mean that it's a, your interest is a skill. It just means that it's going to take you more energy to do these things. Oh, I totally agree with that. Like to do any administrative, especially administrative task. It takes all of me, it takes my entire work day to pound out like invoicing or, or, right. um, you know, follow ups and all that nitty gritty stuff that I absolutely hate. Uh, it takes literally my entire morning to just like get the energy to like get started. Right. But it doesn't mean that you're bad at it, right? The thing is, I look at my interests and skills as so like, like if I have no interest in it, I won't be good at it either. Like I, I do it mm, okay. right because it has to be done right. And because I don't okay. want to let people down. Oh, because I'm a people person. <laughs> More epiphanies. I'm having an epiphany. Um, but remember that engineer example that I brought up before? Yes. Or like 
basically any stereotypical career that our Asian parents wanted us to get into, lawyer, doctor, engineer, like all of these things, I can guarantee you probably like, okay, maybe not like a number, but there is a good chunk of people who are in those professions and they're really good at it, but they don't love it. so true. I, I can name someone in my family. Right. Okay. So again, it just, it doesn't mean that your interests equal skill. And if it's impossible for you to bring in, um, you know, musical into your, um, job as, okay. So if it's impossible for you to become a Broadway star today, can you incorporate that in a different way? Right. When you are driving home from work, rather than listening to the radio, can you like blast some music and like sing along to it? Can you, you know, try to incorporate that in some way or form so that your interests are a little bit more showing up in your life. Okay. That's all that it's saying. It's not telling you to like go and give up your cushiony job. Right. Well, it's funny because my number one is actually literary, which is writing, reading and editing. Yeah. And like, that's what I, that's the bulk of my job. <laughs> yeah. And so you are like in this like perfect career then. You're in a career where your interests and your skills are perfectly aligned. Me? So we have mentioned the past that I have done coaching before. Yeah. Uh, I was actually, if we'd done this Berkman test, you know, four years ago, yeah. it probably would be the other way around. Like I, my, in terms of my career, not matching my interests. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Right? Whereas, whereas now it's more in line because I'd made the switch after doing coaching to sort out what I... Yeah, so it was thanks to coaching that I moved into a space that was feasible, but also met my needs or my interests, sorry, my interests. And now this Berkman test just reiterate or makes me feel very vindicated in my choices of making that sacrifice or that um, career risk and going into this field. Amazing. And what's really funny, Kim, again, like, you know how I said, like, what are the things that are above 50% and like less than 50? Yeah. I ask that because our above 50 and below 50 are exactly the same. Really? Oh, yeah. Your, your literary is at a 95. Mine's at a 97. Your artistic is at an 82. Mine's 87. <laughs> your musical is at a 90. Mine's 80. So I think this is why, like, we, you know, are quite similar because our interests are super similar. And you know what's so funny, too? Before we even took this test, early in our podcast, we had said, oh, I'm all about, like, ideas and, like, you know, talking things out. And you're like, okay, let's go. What needs to be get done? Like, task-oriented. <laughs> yes. Now we literally have a number to that discussion now. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally, totally. So maybe this is why us being each other's hype women actually works because we are united on our interests but how we are as people are so different that like you're like the ideas person and I'm like okay great now like you know we gotta label this and we need folders in our google drive and <laughs> we work so well together that's so true okay yeah. ah this is really great because then just in terms of like how to navigate a team it's so fascinating it's like oh you do need some red people in your life and some orange right yes. you can't be all green you can't be all blue because yeah. you know nothing will get done basically yeah exactly <laughs> yeah or even if you do have a team with like a bunch of blues and like or like you know a bunch of blues and yellows or something the manager just has to recognize that okay i have a bunch of people in these but i don't have anyone in these other quadrants so i need to think of ways to um 
change our perspective and think in that way. Right. If they have to go and like convince people, negotiate, and they know where they are, they need to then remember, okay, maybe the people on the other side with whom I have to negotiate, may, they might be on the other side. So how am I going to take talk in their language so they're more convinced? That's so fascinating. Um, now we're going to get into the heart of the Berkman, which is called the Berkman Components. Okay. For again, people following along, we're on page 15 and 16. Yeah. So the component... Um, what the Berkman does is that it describes people in terms of nine different behavioral components. And I will break this down. Okay. Each component um, is expressed in terms of your usual behavior, needs, and stress behavior on both the high and the low side of the scale. So I know that was a mouthful. It will make more sense as we kind of take these and take Kim's example. But the nine categories, Kim, do you want to read them out loud? Sure. Okay, it's social energy, physical energy, emotional energy, self-consciousness, assertiveness, insistence, incentives, restlessness, and thought. Yeah, so let's take social energy as our first example, because this one I think everybody can relate to. (laughs) So (laughs) when we talk about like this high and low side of the scale, I just want you to picture a mountain with like a very clear um, pointy top in the middle. Or okay. what's another way you can picture the this? The peak. It's the like peak. you're looking yeah. at a mountain and you start the bottom, the base, get to the peak in the middle, and then you yeah. have to make your way down, which yeah. is then winds down. Yeah, so the, exactly. the peak is, is the 50% mark. Yes. So I just want you to visualize with this mountain, the right side of the peak is a 99 and the left side of the peak is 1. Uh, Okay, so scales from 1 to 99. Yeah, exactly. And again, there's no good or bad. There's no right or wrong. Okay, it's just a high or a low. And then the middle part, that's the 50%. That's what we call like a blend. Ah, okay. So, Kim, your social energy, usual behavior, what number is that? 99. Okay. (laughs) So I'm on the, I went up the mountain back down and that's where I usually (laughs) am. I'm at the bottom of the mountain. And your needs, where where's that? 38. Okay. Barely peaked. Yeah. <laughs> so your social energy component, this is your preference, um, sociability and approachability for group and team participation. Okay. What that means is you at a 99, that is an extreme high score. That's like the highest score you can get. What this means is that your usual behavior is that you are really friendly easy to get to know, um, you're easygoing, um, all these things that people can see about you. And this is what your usual like normal behavior is. So then your needs are actually are on the other side of the hill, which um, I think you said 38, right? Yes, 38. Yeah. That means that um, your needs are are on the opposite side, you where you need plenty of time alone or in small groups. Which we discussed before. Yes, exactly. And your stress behavior is also at um, uh, 38, right? Yes. Yeah. So Can what those, that means... those numbers be different? They could be different, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Which is a lot more rare, but um, when there is this 
gap between your needs and stress behavior, that just means that you need to be even more conscious about how you're going to like basically freak out when your needs are not met. Okay. Because this is like basically like when your needs and stress behaviors are the same, your stress behavior is kind of like the expected stress out, freak out behavior that you're going to display. But if it's on the completely opposite side, when you freak out, people are going to be like, what the fuck I did? I was not expecting that from you. Okay. That makes sense. So what this basically means is that, again, like, you know, if you, let's say, show up at a party on a Friday night, you're going to be super friendly, easygoing, you're going to be super fun. But at the end of the day, your needs that are at a 38, so you're probably going to want to go home and, like, have plenty of time to recharge your batteries. Mm-hmm. I usually right? like to go home and read. Okay. Yeah, good. Um, But let's say, like, I come along and I'm like, hey, Kim, oh, my God, you're so much fun. Do you want to come with me to a party? Saturday night and Sunday night. What would you say? That stressed me out already. <laughs> but then I'm going to be like, but but you're having so much fun right now on this Friday night. I don't get it. Like, why don't you want to come out so, Saturday, Friday, Sunday My night? initial reaction is fine. I'll I'll say because I love you. I'll, I'm like, yeah, okay. So what you'll see is 100%. Let's do it. Internally, yeah. I'm like, a Sunday as well? <gasps> okay. Yeah. And then I'm already thinking of how to unwind on Monday. And right. how to clear okay, up my entire yeah. calendar. <laughs> yeah. So if this kept happening every weekend, let's say from like May to like September or something, right. what's going to happen to you? I'm going to burn out. Yeah, exactly. And so for you, what is going to be beneficial is to actually let people know, listen, Reina, it's not you. I just need time to recharge. I'm not trying to be a bitch and not come out with you three nights in a row. I just need time to recharge. That's just me. Right. Okay. So it kind of gives you like a better understanding of who you are. Like you're not like crazy or you're not like a bad person for saying no. Like this is just truly how you are. Like you're wired. Okay. But yeah, my natural reaction is not to say no to you. (laughs) (laughs) My natural reaction is like, yeah, and then I'm I'm just going to plan around that like i'm already planning how to recharge around that right 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 um and so for some people because um combined with maybe like their pleaser saboteur or like their pleaser side they might just say yes for the sake of saying yes and just keep going out yeah and they might they could do that for like weeks on end but you just have to remember that because that is not your need if you keep going like this, you could just blow up. Yeah. So it says here, right? Um, possible stress reactions when needs are not met. It's withdrawal and over eagerness to please the group. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> and so a common, um, this is actually like your combination of having a high social behavior, but then having low needs and stress behavior. It's really common. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. It's actually really, really common. As opposed to myself. <laughs> <laughs> my um usual behavior for social energy is a 99 guess what my needs are 99 98 <laughs> so for me kim and i at a party will appear exactly the same and if like richard were to come and be like hey kim and reina come up with us tomorrow night and sunday night i'm gonna be like fuck yeah because like that's how i recharge my batteries and kim's gonna be like no, I'm out. <laughs> so 
especially when you have like a combination of people like this, that's when there can be like this like disconnect, especially for you, because your needs are on the other side. Okay. So Richard's going to be like, but you guys are like exactly the same. You guys are both having fun. How is Raina coming out and you not coming out, Kim? Right. And that's how you know. I'm like, I'm a 38, bitch. That's why. (laughs) He's going to be like, age? You're 38? (laughs) I'd be like, no, that peak is not happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, so now that we've talked about social energy, like, it kind of makes a little bit more sense, yeah, right? Yeah, so if anyone invites us to a party after COVID's done, just, you know, Raina kick party hardy, and uh, <laughs> I'm good for a Friday, and I've got to bounce. <laughs> so if we were to put this into, like, a work context, um, it doesn't have to be um, uh, a party. It can be, like, meetings. It can be um, social, like, gatherings at work, mm-hmm. like, birthday parties with employees and stuff yeah. like that. Right. For the most part, you know, you and I are going to show up exactly the same. We're going to be like, whoa, this is great. And then I can probably go for like another three meetings after that. But you're going to be like, I need a little bit of time to decompress. That's so true. When I have back to back meetings in a day, seeing it all booked on my uh, calendar stresses me out. Ah, okay. For me, I love that because I'm like, yes, time to like talk to people. And like, it doesn't stress you out at all. That's so fascinating. Yeah, I mean, does it stress me out? No, it doesn't stress me out. Yeah, in fact, no, you're right. I, I think um, it does give me a lot of energy. Wow. Because I love being with people. See, and it stresses me out by the time, if you're at that four o'clock meeting, um, and I've had back-to-back since like 8 a.m., I'm done. By 4 a.m., you are not, 4 p.m., you are not going to get an efficient me. I'd be like, <laughs> cool. This is a great idea. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, um, Kim, we just looked at your social energy component. And the next one that I want to look at with you is let's go to emotional energy. Okay. So what are your numbers for emotional energy? So for emotional energy, I got uh, 75. And my needs was 97. Okay. So for this component, this basically is your openness and comfort with expressing emotion. So with Kim, your usual behavior being at a 75 means that you're on the higher end of the hill. Not as extreme as like the 99 that you had before, but you're still on the higher end, which means that your um, usual behavior is that you're more sympathetic and warm. You're easy to confide in. This is how people see you. And um, you are good at listening to other people's problems. Okay. I would agree with that. Yeah? Yep, 100%. Okay. So then your needs are actually even higher at a 93, which means that not oh, only... 97. Your, oh, 97, sorry. So, so even higher. Means, yeah. <laughs> so I'm needy as fuck. so that means that um your usual behavior and your needs are pretty much like similar Mm -hmm. um and that um you need an outlet for your feelings you need a plenty of opportunities to feel heard and you probably want to be in an environment that supports your expressiveness okay how does that sit with you? I, I don't understand the environment that it needs my expressiveness, like a, ah, a, a okay. room, for, a forum for discussion. Or let's say you were working in a work environment where they were like, we don't care about your input. 
Oh, yeah, no, no. I did the strength finder test and input was actually one of my top five. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there you go. Yeah. So, you know, the opposite end of that would be um, someone who wants to keep their emotions to themselves, like super, super minimal, like they don't want anyone to know how they're feeling about things. So then what that means is that if your needs are not met, so if you cannot have an outlet for your feelings, Mm -hmm. if you don't have opportunities to feel heard, then your stress behaviors are also at the same where you could let um, emotions affect your judgment. You could feel discouraged and you can maybe start magnifying problems. Ooh, the magnifying problems one I agree with. Yeah. Do you have yeah. an example? Like if um, if someone's just going along with it and not, and I find out last minute, like they didn't really consult me on something, I'd be like, "Well, what happened here? Like, what mm. did we not think of this? Is this is what did was there do? Like, did did they not want me to be involved? Like, I will start looking at uh, overanalyze things. Yeah. Okay. It's like why wasn't I, why wasn't I? Not that I care necessarily about the end result. It's more like, well, why wasn't I part of this discussion? Mm-hmm. and then i'm like mm-hmm. oh okay and then sometimes i'll just be like wait hold on sometimes it's just it is what it is like i don't yeah have, do i really again back to my energy do i really want to be part of that meeting no <laughs> okay yeah there you go yeah so you can start to feel discouraged right yeah 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 so the opposite end of that um because you know i would also think like wouldn't everybody feel discouraged um, but then the opposite end of that would be someone who would become like really detached, suppress their real feelings and just like shut down mm. um, and like lose sensitivity. So like just numb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's also in a way like feeling discouraged, but more extreme as in like they will just kind of like start to distance themselves. Yeah, it's just cold. It's like, all right, you made your decision. Like I'm it's I'm not going to be affected by this. I'm like, don't feel anything. I don't care. I moved on. Like, yeah, to the exactly. Next. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So um, in comparison to me, <laughs> my usual behavior for emotional energy is a 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so different. Yeah. So that means that my usual behavior is practical, factual and so- solution oriented. This is how people see me, <laughs> which I think is quite odd as a coach. No, but that's what they probably need. They're not here for a therapist. They're here for a career coach. That is true. They need practical things. You want you want warm and fuzzies. Either go talk to your mom or talk to a psychologist. Mm, it's not your job here is to help them figure out their like like their life necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily, like, that's true. Make them feel that's like, warm true. and comforted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think, yeah, solution oriented, that's for sure. Um, Like as a coach, like I will never tell my clients what to do, but I love together finding solutions and finding like action items for them to do. Yeah, that's what I want out of a coach. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, And my needs and stress behaviors are 51. So what that means is that I can be kind of like one or the other. I can... um you know, keep my emotions to a minimum, or I can become more like detached, or sorry, I can become like discouraged and like magnify problems. I can kind of go whichever. Right. Okay. So I'm just in the middle. Yeah, exactly. so funny. We're so different on the emotional energy. I know, right? Yeah. 
the next one, maybe the last one that I want to take you through, Kim, okay. is your self-consciousness. Oh, okay. This is the one I also did not, I couldn't really make sense of. Okay. Yeah. So what are your numbers? Okay. So my usual behavior is a 21. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> get this, my needs is a 94. <laughs> Yeah. So the reason I picked this one for you is because you, again, have a very um, opposed usual behavior and stress behavior. So with your self-consciousness, this basically is your use of sensitivity when communicating with other people. Gotcha. So kind of like thinking, are you tactful or are you candid? Well, according to this, it says I am a little quite direct. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) And what do you think about that? So, like, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. So, in my results, it says I'm frank and direct, unevasive, and matter of fact. Um, I do agree with those that, like, I will get to those points. I won't skirt around it, but I do it in a way that's trying not to be hurtful. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you definitely don't need to agree with it. I think maybe one takeaway point is that that's probably how you think of yourself. Mm. But. Maybe the people around you, this is how they see you. Oh my God. So I'm very frank and direct, unevasive and matter of fact. <laughs> Actually, yeah. In a meeting, I could see that. I'm like, look, I just want to be like, like, I don't like wasting time as well. Mm. So like, let's just get everything out there that we need to get out right now. Mm, okay. Yeah. Which yeah. people could misconstrue. For me, it's like, let's, I see it as like a, an opportunity of discussion going back to like mm-hmm. input. Whereas some people be like, whoa, we're going right into it. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. I can see that. I agree. (laughs) So if we had more time, we can actually look at like combining components. So if we were to combine your self-consciousness and emotional energy, which is kind of like, you know, some, you know, empathy, how that actually kind of play with each other. Okay. You just said, you know, um, I don't really agree with that. Um, But yeah, if you kind of like put different components together, we can also... Um, get deeper into it. So ah. this is why people should always hire a consultant or a coach to do a yeah. debrief. Well, that's the only way you can really get this report done. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. So then, yeah, we just talked about your usual behavior. So your needs are high, right? Mm-hmm. What was the number again? 94. Okay, 94. So your needs are different from how you are as a usual behavior. Am I a hypocrite? No. Mm-hmm. Sounds like I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, there's like a little bit of like a disconnect, right? So what that means is that you need a personalized approach. You need individual interaction and you need a tactful approach. What do you <gasps> mm. think? Security guard story all over again. Ah. Had, had they just said, hey, sorry, you know, like had they just... If they hadn't assumed that I had just taken the chair, I would have handled it so differently. (laughs) I think now that I'm looking at this, and now in in retrospect, yeah, I was frank and direct and evasive. Matter of fact, I'm like, no, I didn't change this chair and I'm not doing anything. (laughs) That's so funny. I love that example because it's so real life. Yeah. The other things that you need are um, respect, titles, and status symbols. Which has been consistent for all my tests. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you like criticism balanced by genuine praise. Ah,、oh, I didn't think about that. If someone, if your boss were to come to you and was like, "Kim, I'm gonna tell you straight up, you fucked up on this one. I need you to fucking fix it," and then left, as opposed to your boss coming in and like, "Hey, Kim, I hate to tell you this, but you fucked up on this project. But I think these parts were actually really, really good." Yes. Right. Already, I felt better. <laughs> yeah. That that exactly what I need. I think、yeah. what I need is constructive criticism. Okay. I don't like. I don't like when someone says, "Hey, you fucked up," and walks away. I'm like, um, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or yes, constructive criticism. But like, what if they didn't tell you anything that was good? No, yeah, because then then I'd rehaul the whole thing. I'd feel like, well, nothing was good, so this、yeah. whole thing was garbage. Let's throw it. Oh, there it is with the withdrawal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's the it's the oversensitivity. I'm like, fuck it. This whole project is garbage. Right, when really, right, right. when really, it probably wasn't all garbage. It's、mm-hmm. just, do you know what I mean? Like it's、mm-hmm. that's how I in- interpreted, yeah, the thing. And I would have been、yeah. like, "We're tossing the whole thing out. Goodbye. We don't need、yeah. this. Get rid of this, this, and this." And then I just go、yeah. oversensitive.、Mm, okay, yeah, I've done so, that. Like, on, okay, so like on the opposite end could be someone who's like, "Do not sandwich your you fucked up comments with like nice things." Like I do not, I don't want you to like. Give me sympathy. I just need you to tell me where I fucked up so I can go fix it.、Mm. So you're, you know, definitely on the other end where you're like, no, like I, I need to still feel respected when you give me feedback. Yes, yes, I do. I do need praise. I do. I do need、right? it. I don't know if I necessarily、yeah. need praise, but I need to know what what went well.、Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, I guess it's praise. <laughs> 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 so another way to think about this component is like how you communicate in small group settings. Okay. So,、um, would you be okay with you being criticized or given feedback in a big group of people or like one on one? Oh, I don't know. I never thought about that.、Hmm. I I think I would in outwardly would be okay, and then inwardly I'd probably be dying inside on both situations. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, some people would not give a shit if like their boss came in and a big group of people and you were like they were like you fucked up, right? Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. If you put in that context, then I would not like appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So then your stress behaviors. So if your needs are not met. So if you were not given a tactful approach. So i.e. the security guard at the library. Um, if you were not given individual interaction, like if this was like team based, then your stress behavior is that you could become overly sensitive,、hmm. <laughs> evasive. That's true. <laughs> um, or you could become embarrassed or insecure. Okay, I could see me being insecure. Yeah, yeah. Your feelings could just be easily hurt. You could start to become uncomfortable with your superiors. But I don't understand. Does everyone is everyone okay being publicly criticized? Maybe not everybody. Like that doesn't like some. Ah,、uh, I guess I'm generalizing now because I'm like, who in their right minds would feel comfortable being like, "You fucked up, walk away." I'm like, what? <laughs> so, okay, another kind of like a context I'm thinking is like, if you were sitting with a bunch of people in like cubicles.、Mm. And someone came to you and was like, "Kim, I need you to come with me," and、mm-hmm. like they took you to like another room and gave you like one on one. Versus, 
um, someone like a boss coming like, hey, can I talk to you for a sec? Like even like in the group of people, but you'd be like, yeah, sure. Like you're not singling me out by like bringing me to another office. So maybe they'll feel better about it. Okay. So that could be one way to look at it. Right. So in that context, does that mean I am the one who could dish it out, but I can't take it? That could be one way to look at it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a hypocrite. (laughs) (laughs) No, it just means that you need to be able to look at it from different angles. Okay. All right. That not everybody operates like you. Yeah, but now I'm wondering. It's like, oh my God, how am I? Like, I'm now looking at like my interactions with people. I'm like, am I so direct that I'm the one who's like, you fucked up? (laughs) I don't know. So, okay, so take me for example. My self consciousness usual behavior is a three. Really? Super low, which means that I'm like outspoken, direct, straightforward, at ease with superiors. I'm candid, matter of fact. Okay. So we're close on that spectrum. Yeah. Very, very close. Whereas like someone on the opposite spectrum of us, Kim, would be someone who is sensitively aware of people's feelings, um, careful and diplomatic in their relationships, warm and supportive towards others. Okay. So- I think you and I think that we are this because of other components, mm. but on a, like a very default level, we're more candid and direct and straightforward than are we warm and supportive towards other okay. people when yeah. it comes to like. When you put it that like way, this. you're right. Because this is self-consciousness. Like yeah. you have to remember this is not the other stuff. This is self-consciousness and this is yeah. how we outwardly either um, – put out or take in criticism yeah exactly exactly yeah got it and then so what were your needs so my needs are 44 oh so so consistent kind of like towards the middle but more on the lower end so i would rather people have frank and direct um feedback i guess um i like direct and straightforward corrections and instructions so I would rather my boss be like, Reina, listen, you need to fix this, this, and this, rather than her being like, hmm, I don't really know how I feel about this part. Could be better. And I'd just be like, no, just tell me if you like it or not. Like, I can fix it. That's so funny how different we are, though. I know, right? Like, that's, I, I thought for sure a lot of them would be a little bit closer. Uh, so the interests for so just like in terms of high level, that our interests are so similar, but our yeah. approach and how we internalize and how people could perceive us might be a little different. Yeah. yeah or or yeah. the perception is similar, but our needs are so different. Or the tact yeah. in which, you know, you talk to Rain or you talk to myself is also very different. Yeah, totally. I'm curious to know um, in my relationships too, what now my partner, uh, what his... Yeah his uh his Brickman needs are or his assessment because like you had mentioned that your husband took the test and it was really good to understand each other yeah exactly yeah so joe also took it and i didn't do his like coaching Mm. i got another a colleague of mine to do it um but we after the whole thing we kind of looked at each other's reports we're like oh so this is why when i say something like this you react this way And I'd be like, oh, this is why you don't want to go out with me five nights in a row. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh-huh. Well, this is why you want to play video games all day. <laughs> so what, and out of just curiosity, you don't have to go high level, but uh, you have to go super granular. But in terms of overlap, like, was there was there a lot or was there a lot different? So social energy, like the very first one, like, are you a social person? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, His usual behavior is the same as me, like 98 or 99. Like he shows up really well in big groups and mm. he seems like a social butterfly, but his need is like one. Oh, like, wow. He needs so much time to recharge. And he's also a teacher. So at the same time, there's a level of uh, people time that you have. Like there's still, there's still a level of presentation Oh, completely. Basically, you're in front of a big group of people either like giving a presentation or like acting for like eight hours a day. Of course, I I mean, if I were a teacher doing that, I think I would also not want to do that. Really? I don't know. I've never done it. (laughs) But it's it's fascinating. But then you would still be your needs in terms of like it's been met through the day so i feel like you'd still be able to go for a drink whereas if i was a teacher so between you and i if i was a teacher and i had to do that for eight hours i wouldn't be able to go for a drink i'm done the drink is by myself in a corner yeah but i would be like hey other teachers let's all go for a drink and like talk about our day and like how was your weekend yeah Yeah, and joe would would be like nah (laughs) yeah joe would be like fuck off you're the kind of person i hate That's my wife. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's really good to know. This was really fascinating. Thank you for for walking me through this. And, and awesome. You know, I will say, can I just read this one part? So the the, the assessment was original. It was thirty one pages. So if you want to see my my breakdown, feel free. We'll put it on our website. The links will all be in the show notes. But I will have to say, Raina, there's one bullet point. Um, they do a little summary at the end. Uh, it's the Berkman Insights, and it lists your strengths. So, oh, for yeah. example, you like influencing people directly, persuading them to your point of view, or training them. Uh, and so, like, I won't read all of them, but there's one component which I thought was super funny. You respond well to sound, and therefore you're interested in music, the spoken word, or any media which have an audio component to them. Oh my god. As a podcast producer, that's exactly what I want to hear. Yes! <laughs> So I'm like, Berkman, how did you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I think that just goes to show, Kim, that it was such a good idea for you to have gone back to school and gotten into what you actually truly love doing as your interest. Yeah, it was really, you know, it's, it's also good that you mentioned that because even though you did the coaching, you did the pivot. It's good to go back and do these tests and see, like, yes. hey, how are the align? Isn't an alignment? Yes, it's not going to tell you your future, but it goes to show that I did make the right choice, that my needs yeah. are being fulfilled, and I genuinely see that now that I did the pivot and did the Berkman afterwards, mm-hmm. as opposed to before. So yes. it is fascinating to see it through that lens because, again, had we done this four years ago, five years ago, I don't know how I'd react to this test. Right. Your reaction probably would have been either, oh my God, this is so true. I'm not doing things that interest me mm-hmm. or fuck you, Berkman. Um, you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> well, and, and also, can I just say there is a queer component in, in the test. Not that we'll go through it, but for those who are interested and, and are just like, I'm not kind of lost with my career or whatnot. There's, it, it does break down the top six areas of uh, careers to explore. Yeah. And uh, I got one that was full bars, which was arts, design, sports, media, and entertainment. Ooh. 
it was a full like 100 percent yes uh so and i was like well that's perfect um and you know i was in marketing before and yes it's like in the arts and design and in media but i don't think I think I was in the right path. Like this is where I want to go towards, but it wasn't mm-hmm. quite there. So seeing seeing it now full bars in the media entertainment component was like, oh, I'm really glad that like I was, I kind of had some ambiguity to what I want to do, but this moving into this field made it more assuring that this was the right field for me. So I don't know. I thought that was also really cool that it kind of gives you bars and engaging what career is a good aspect for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, when you do this like 90 minute session with a um, a, a Berkman consultant, they'll give you like this full report. Um, but if you work with them longer, um, they actually can pull more reports. Oh, so really? Now that now that you are my client in my database, I can actually pull even more um, career reports and like um, work style reports and things for you. I definitely think with every well, not everyone that's a bold statement, but with many people um, who have the opportunity to work from home um, and or are feeling kind of stuck at home, or I do think it's a great opportunity for you to figure out what your style is before mm-hmm. you get back into the workforce or with others before or to even navigate. Hey, is this system working for me right now? Because oh, yeah. looking at this, my restlessness restlessness level. Um, mm-hmm. I saw that and was like, holy crap, I've never thought about that as being a component to think about. Mm. But that has, the, seeing that has made me realize how can I make my workspace more efficient to kind of navigate my restlessness? Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. So I definitely think, you know, well, if you're asking yourself whether this is the investment for you, and again, we're not pushing you to do like, okay, yeah. do this particular task, but go and find. Um, start that conversation. Go find someone who you can discuss these things with because exactly you're not going to know until, you know, you can't just talk to yourself in an echo chamber. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, with your parents or siblings or your best friend because they know you so well, but only from a certain angle. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So, yeah. And I think it's also a really great tool for people who are in between jobs oh. or like starting a new job really soon. Because that's where they can kind of make like this fresh start. So by knowing themselves better before they go into a new job, they can kind of show up better. That's so smart. So more confident. If you are, you know, 2021, think about it. You know, your new the new year is the new year for you to kind of really reassess what your professional life could look like. And you can use this for your personal life. Exactly. So anything that you want to say to the audience, Reina? I think you like summarized it so well. I mean, I think it's just a really great tool for anybody, regardless of like what position you are in and like the workforce or how long you've been working for, whether you're you've been working for 50 years or you've been working for two months. I think it's just a really great tool to look at yourself objectively, talk to someone about it and then see how and where you can make improvements or know this is how you show up. This is probably how other people are. It's just a really good tool. So yeah, I'm obviously I'm a little biased, but I really, really like this tool. So if you are interested in the Berkman test, Raina, where can they find you? Ah, thank you for the plug, Kim. Um, they can find me at RainaShishikura.com or might be easier if you just find me on Instagram. I'm at, um, at Raina.coaching. 
That's R-E-I-N-A dot coaching. And uh, again, if you have the privilege and the, and the opportunity to do the test, you know, I would love to know what your results are. My results are online. I have nothing to hide. We've talked about it. Um, so I'm very curious to know, are we a good match or would we kill each other at work? We don't know. <laughs> So if you exactly. can, yeah, if you have the opportunity, again, uh, again, it's not, it's, I understand this is a hard time, so not everyone can afford to do the testing right now, but if you can and you have the means to, we'd love to hear it. Definitely um, comment uh, below, comment on the episode, share your assessment with us. We'd love to get to know you guys are listening. listening if you love today's episode rate and subscribe on apple spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcast i'm kimberly and arena and you've been listening to obsessed with abgs aspirations boardrooms and goals 